Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower on the horn. Tragway with you. Our producer, Cam Parker, alongside. And uh, question for Cam. Weren't we going to open this hour with the Serge Jabari Rice highlight montage? Today? I think we were supposed to. Oh, okay. Well, we can play it here momentarily. It was something that uh, Jacob Mendoza, who uh, was uh, at the switch last night, uh, for the for our uh, network broadcast that aired on the horn came uh, came up with and he put that together so thanks to Jacob for that so we'll hear it coming up here in just a few moments also uh, Jeff Howe will rejoin us around the bottom of the hour and uh, we'll have another Longhorn note but we do have a Flex Thirty update coming up as well so that's uh, uh, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll keep you the Westlake update so to speak uh, with that because uh, Jeff had that yesterday so we'll have that coming up. As well, and again, a uh, uh, bottom of the hour uh, Longhorn notebook coming up uh, from uh, Jeff Howe. We'll uh, also hear more uh, the post game reaction last night from the Longhorns win. Take a look at the matchups for today, uh, the uh, second day about to get underway with uh, the second day of uh, first round action in the NCAA basketball tournament. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that as it all gets underway here on uh, on the second day of the NCAA tournament. Um, okay. Uh, the, the, when the show opens, and, and quite often uh, because of the outstanding work done and turned in by Cam Parker, what we do is uh, after a Longhorn victory, uh, Cam will put together uh, a highlight montage. And um, so he'll have a highlight montage of the Texas victory. And that's what we had uh, this morning in the first hour of the program. It was a montage of – of the entirety of the Longhorn team uh, last night and um, in in their first round 81-61 win over Colgate. However, our uh, man at the switch last night there on the horn, uh, none other than uh, Jacob Mendoza, uh, kind of got into the spirit of things and produced his own uh, montage for us and this one was just one guy because what a night he did a personal high a personal best uh, a career high seven made three pointers by Sir Jabari Rice and when, when you listen to the montage one thing that is kind of funny about it is Jabari did hit one shot that was not a three and the rest were threes so he made eight shots in the ball game but 
it's at the very tail end of it because he done the damage with the three pointers earlier. Anyway, here was here was the montage uh, from uh, Sir Jabari Sir Jabari Rice's record setting personal record setting night for him in the Longhorns win over Colgate last night. Inbounded to Dylan to Sue out to Rice a three point out the right corner good Jabari drains the three-pointer, and Texas leads by six, 18-12. Hunter across the floor to Jabari Rice. Looking into the paint to Brock Cunningham, back to Rice. Shot fake on a three. Now will fire a three. He'll hit the three. Rice back-to-back three balls, and Texas is up seven. Slow dribble by Tyrese Hunter to bring it into the front court for Texas. Off to Rice again on the left side. He'll try another three. Why not? Knocks it down. Jabari, three threes here in the first half, and Texas is back up seven. Marcus driving to the baseline, cut off by Baker, swings it out front. Rice left open for three again. Good again. Four for four. Jabari Rice on fire here in the first half. Marcus holds up the basketball, looking into the paint. Now backs out the dribble, really being harassed by Braden Smith. Dumps a pass to Bishop, back to Carr. Dribbles to the baseline, going around traffic, skidded, hit his knees, got a pass away, and here's Rice for another three, and he knocks it down. His fifth three-pointer of the first half, and Texas leads by 17. Carr swings it back to the right side. Rice, another three, good! Jabari knocks down his sixth three-pointer of the night. He has 18, and Texas is up by 14, 56-42. Pass picked off by Tyrese Hunter. Hunter into the front court. Across the midcourt line to Rice. Wants another three. Has another three. Jabari Rice, a career high in three-pointers made. He has 21. Timeout Colgate. Now to Rice. Shot fake on a three. Drives in and shows he can score a two-pointer as well. Rice off the glass for two. Uh, yeah, so there was. <laughs> that. The last bucket was the uh, Sir Jabari Rice uh, drive to the hoop there. And uh, otherwise, seven made three-pointers. Thanks again to uh, Jacob Mendoza of our staff who uh, put together the Sir Jabari Rice combo highlight montage there. Uh, the tournament is underway on day two. Still first-round stuff, of course. Seven-seed Michigan State. Number 10 seed, USC, playing in Columbus, Ohio at Nationwide Arena. So they're, they are underway, opening minute of action in that one, and we'll keep you updated on the games that will be going on while we're still on the air. Now, uh, in review of the Texas victory, 81-61, and moving on to the second round, uh, Rodney Terry, uh, we had our post-game visit with him immediately after the game. We had that in the first hour of the program. This is what he had to say leading off the post-game press conference uh, following the Texas win over Colgate. It's a great team win today for our guys. I thought uh, we came out and really for 40 minutes played the way we played for a better part of the Big 12 uh, regular season. Uh, we put really this game on our defense. You know, uh, really, really good Colgate team. Want to congratulate them on on, a, on an incredible season as well. Well coached, Matt did a great job there, and uh, a lot of respect for Colgate. Really good team, but uh, great team win. Proud of our guys and what they were able to do today. Yeah. Uh, so that was what started. Then uh, again, into the press conference, Marcus Carr with a big game as well, 17 points, and <laughs> this this is also. A uh, question that was put about the response run that Texas had late in the game. After the Longhorns had built a 17-point first-half lead and then Colgate had the run to cut it to seven. 
And then Texas built another 17-point advantage in the first half. And again, Colgate cut it to seven. And then in the second half, uh, Texas had a 17-point lead. Colgate cut it to seven. Longhorns then pushed it back out, I think, to 18. And then Colgate cut it to nine at 68-59, going inside of six minutes to play in the ballgame. And then Texas responded with an 11-0 run. It started with a Marcus Carr bucket. Uh, Carr had been part of that, uh, giving up that run from uh, Colgate that cut it to nine with a turnover that he threw a pass in the front court that got picked off. So you understand why Marcus had that on his mind when he was asked about triggering the 11-0 run for Texas with his own made basket. Well, to be clear, I, I started that run with my turnovers. So these guys, they all did a great job of, you know, rallying behind me, you know, rallying, having my back. Um, I rightfully had to come out the game for a second. And, you know, they picked it back up on defense and got some easy baskets and stretched the lead back out. So, you know, they had my back. And that's what this team's been about all year. I have no doubt about, you know, the, connect, the, the bond that we have, how we're connected, we're family. So they had my back and times when I was messing up. And that's just been how we are all year. You, you continue to hear this recurring theme, this ongoing mantra of the team about him uh, being close, being close-knit, being family, being connected, all of those things. You continue to hear that from the Longhorn players, and that includes from the head coach as well. This was a question that our own Jeff Howe put to uh, Rodney Terry about the emphasis being on trying to shut down. Remember, Colgate came in shooting 41% from three-point range. Number one team in the nation in three-point shooting percentage, and they wind up three for 20, 15% from the floor. So, again, the uh, the question put from our own Jeff Howell to Rodney Terry about all that. Rodney, what uh, what was the emphasis from a game plan standpoint? Uh, you end up holding the best three-point shooting team in the country to three for 15. Just what was the plan? And I'm assuming for them to finish 20%, you, you guys executed it pretty well. Well, I mean, Jeff, you're spot on as the best shooting team in the country right there. We knew coming into this game that uh, they could beat us with threes, uh, but they were going to have a hard time beating us with twos. So we wanted them to make really tough twos. They they worked the paint a little bit with re, re, uh, records in the, in the in the post. We were we were willing to live with that as opposed to those guys, you know, shooting threes and making threes. We got back in transition, did a great job taking away threes in transition. Um, they only made three of those in the game, uh, and uh, these guys really worked the game plan in regards to. We knew it was a big shooter defense game. We had to get back and have active hands and take their shots away. So um, I, I think we were able to do that in this game, and it, it really uh, helped us in a big way. Yeah, he, he made reference to the two big men for Colgate, Keegan Records and Jeff Woodward. Uh, Records wound up with 13 points in the ballgame, and Woodward wound up uh, with eight in the game. And so those guys did have an impact at times when Colgate was either making a run or keeping it within striking distance. But it was the perimeter guys. Oliver Lynch Daniels came in shooting 50% beyond the arc. He made one three. Uh, and wound up with only seven points. Um, at uh, 46%, Ryan Moffitt, he made one three. And uh, and then the other three-pointer made was by Tucker Richardson. Uh, and that was early in the ballgame. That was it. They only made the three. So that was a big, big moment in that. So uh, then, uh, you know, then it came down to, uh, you know, what can the Longhorns do offensively? Well, you've heard from the montage, you know, what Sir Jabari Rice did. And Jabari... Uh, hit five of eight threes in the first half, made two more threes in the second half. So he had a gigantic contribution as well as the other guys, and that was another question put to Rodney Terry about was it designed for one guy to get the ball and just go off? And Rodney said that's just part of what they do. 
That's always in the game plan for any player that's, that's uh, capable of stepping up and making shots. Marcus could go for seven. You know, Tyrese could go for seven. We got guys in our lineup that can make can make seven threes, and he did that tonight. And, you know, one of the biggest games, I think, uh, in Texas history in terms of shooting the basketball from three. I think A.J. Abrams may have had eight in the game against Minnesota and everything. But big time, big time players step up in big time moments. Yeah, that was the case last night for uh, Jabari Rice in that. So, uh on to round two, uh, the Longhorns after the game got back to the hotel. Uh, you know, after the game in the evening, the coaching staff stayed there uh, to uh, scout and watch the second game with uh, Penn State, uh, thumping Texas A&M pretty good. Uh, and and like I said, it was about midway through the first half where they took command of the game because it was that it was an eighteen fifteen ball game, and then Penn State had a nine zero run and then led by double digits the rest. Uh, of the first half and then on into the second half and push the margin out to as much as 23, and they wind up uh, winning the game by 17. So uh, Rodney Terry today, the the, uh, team went back last night at a team meal. Uh, This morning, uh, as we speak, they've been going through uh, team meetings. They will have a closed practice inside of the Wells Fargo Arena. They'll get a full hour and a half on the floor inside of Wells Fargo Arena today, whereas yesterday they didn't even get a shoot-around in the arena. They had one 40-minute shooting session there on Wednesday on the open practice day, but um, they had to do their shoot-around over at Drake uh, yesterday. And uh, today they'll get a full hour-and-a-half practice on the floor uh, there at Wells Fargo Arena in a close practice, and we'll have the news conferences there this afternoon and then the game tomorrow night. The, the game is scheduled, and I do – stress the word scheduled, for uh, a 6.45 p.m. tip. The uh, the first game that will be played there tomorrow is out of the other bracket, but, of course, seated in the pod there in Des Moines from the west bracket, Kansas and Arkansas, and what could be a really entertaining second-round game. Kansas kind of shook off some early doldrums and then got it in gear and pulled away to, to uh, beat Howard pretty handily, but it was a ball game even at halftime in the first half. And Arkansas built up a real quick double-digit lead on Illinois, and then the Illini kept making runs, kind of like what Colgate did at Texas. In fact, the Illini cut it to five with about three minutes to go, and that was as close as they could get. Arkansas pushed it out from there. They ended up winning by ten. So uh, that matchup is a one-seed versus eight-seed matchup. Kansas and Arkansas, they're playing – uh, their uh, their contest is at um, four o'clock, and uh, or four fifteen, I guess it is four fifteen is when they tip off, and the Texas game is scheduled to tip off at about six forty-five. You'll hear it on the horn. Our network pregame coverage begins at six o'clock. It'll be preceded by Longhorn baseball. Uh, Texas, of course, opens a three-game weekend series tonight against the privateers of New Orleans uh, with the Longhorns a perfect 7-0 and through the first seven games of their 14-game homestand. So they're at the halfway mark of that homestand, and they open up against New Orleans tonight, and uh, they'll play tomorrow afternoon at 2.30, so it'll be following that game. 6 o'clock will be the airtime of the 6.45 tip-off. And then don't forget, 9 o'clock tomorrow night, the Texas women open play in the NCAA tournament. There are still tickets available there at Moody Center as the first ever postseason basketball games will be played at Moody Center. It's the Texas women, the four seed in that Seattle four 
Regional hosting East Carolina, the number 13 seed. And it's uh, 8.45 of the airtime and a 9 o'clock tip-off tomorrow night. Roger Wallace, Kathy Arnstein have the call on 105.3 the bat. Of course, there's Texas softball from Tampa, Florida going through tournament play also on the bat uh, and, uh, and Longhorn baseball. So the busy, busy weekend continues for University of Texas Athletics and for Texas State, I'll point out, because the Bobcat baseball team is opening Sunbelt Conference play, taking on Southern Mississippi. All right, uh, coming up, we'll have our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Uh, We'll check in once more with Jeff Howe across town, and I'll see Jeff a little bit later on at the uh, news conference this afternoon, but uh, I'll see Jeff there. But uh, Jeff will check in with us coming up here in just a few moments here in this second hour of Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Craig Way and Jeff Howe, Light the Tower. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Michigan State and USC underway. First game of the day. Still round one, obviously. This is in Columbus, Ohio. They are inside of 12 minutes to go in the first half. Michigan State, the 7 seed, leading the 10 seed, USC 15-9. Cam, I think you have the Trojans in this one. I think you and Jeff both picked USC to win this, right? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of going against Tom Izzo, Craig. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And and now the Spartans up 8, 17 uh, to 9 in that. Uh, before we get to our second hour Longhorn Notebook, it is time for a Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by... Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. Okay, if you are keeping score <laughs> and uh, you are interested in uh, what's going on with uh, the Westlake contingent that's playing in the NCAA basketball tournament, you might say Westlake went 2-1 and one yesterday. The two wins belonging to Brock Cunningham for Texas and uh, K.J. Adams of Kansas. Uh, they both uh, took handled their business. And then uh, the one loss, Matthew Myers' career has drawn to a close. Happened right in front of me yesterday. It did not look like he was suffering the effects of caffeine poisoning there, Cam, but he, he he did not do well, and neither Illinois wound up being knocked out by Arkansas. Arkansas was just a better team, and Matthew Meyer did struggle with the field, but I don't think it had No caffeine-induced euphoria? For, I don't think there okay. was a caffeine-induced euphoria. It was definitely not a euphoric feeling for them, 
and uh, and then additionally, uh, I uh, I don't think that uh, he was uh, you know just I don't think he had any ca- uh, caffeine poisoning or anything like that. But so it didn't go well uh, uh, for them, and it didn't go well for him. They ended up on the short end. Okay. Uh, uh, by the way, did you you have any uh, high school activity on your docket for this weekend? Just gonna say, uh, Craig, that uh, today, shout out to Coach Anthony Williams, uh, co-founder of FBU Football and FBU Austin, had us out at uh, Westwood High School for a showcase today. Uh, check that out, and then also, Nolan Hogan and Zach Lucero recorded a 2023 uh, high school basketball season wrap-up podcast. That's available on FlexATX.com and the FlexATX podcast, which you can find on HornFM.com. Oh, good. Good stuff. We'll look we'll look forward to that. And uh, obviously, um, we'll look forward to the return of the Flex ATX show next Wednesday night. It, it didn't happen this week due to the fact that uh, we had Longhorn Baseball. But uh, as Cam mentioned, there's the podcast there. So we'll keep you updated on all of that. All right. Uh, so there it is. Uh, there's our, uh, our Flex 30 update for the day. It's time now for our second hour. Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook, which is brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. Be sure to check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com. It's B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. I mentioned Longhorn Baseball in action tonight. They open up the three-game weekend series with New Orleans at UFC Dish Falk Field. We'll be on the air, uh, and it'll be Roger Wallace, uh, calling up Mike Hardball Harge on the call uh, as the analyst for all three games this weekend. So look forward to uh, Hardball Harge being on uh, tonight with Roger Wallace, tomorrow with Tom Barfield, and then with me on Sunday. So uh, that'll uh, that'll be the case this weekend for the three uh, Longhorn baseball games as uh, Texas plays host to the privateers of the U- University of New Orleans three-game weekend uh, series for Texas. Meanwhile, uh, Texas softball on the road. The um, uh, Longhorn softball team 22-4-1 as they go to work. And uh, they're playing in the South Florida Showdown, taking on Marist. Uh, That's coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon. You can hear it on 105.3 The Bat. They'll play a second game tonight at 6 o'clock against the host, South Florida that's at 6 o'clock also on 105.3 The Bat. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock against Lehigh. And then uh, they'll play Iowa at 6. And then on Sunday, one more game against South Florida. So uh, five more games for uh, Texas softball. And the Longhorns are 22-4-1 and going into that. All right. Uh, back on the Vaqueros Caffeine and, can- and Cantina Caffeine, <laughs> the Vaqueros Cantina <laughs> hotline joining us. I was just thinking, I was just mentioning Matthew Meyer, um, Jeff, and I said I did not think, as Jeff Howell rejoins us for this long or notebook, I didn't think he had any caffeine poisoning, but by the same token, uh, I don't know how much you got to see of Illinois and Arkansas. Uh, Matthew Meyer uh, was definitely not in a caffeine induced euphoria when shooting the basketball yesterday. No, I got, I got to watch a little bit of that. You know, by the time I got to the arena, got to the game. Uh, it wasn't much of a game. You know, they Illinois did make a run, but man, yeah, it's 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 a shame that uh, that he's done. But I'm I'm telling you, we talked about it yesterday, Craig. Arkansas, I I called them the biggest wild card in the tournament, and and I think they are. 
when they've got it together, you see how talented they are, but mm-hmm. they're they're prone to one of those, you know, five, six-minute stretches where it could all come unraveled. You know, I, I looked at that team yesterday, and all I could keep thinking about was uh, Halloween weekend, October 30th. And I thought, Texas beat this team by 30 points. And I thought, no, they didn't really beat this team. I mean, yes, the collection of bodies was the same, but this team is molded. Anthony Black, obviously, has really developed in his freshman year. He's clearly going to be a one and done. Uh, there's there's a lot of talent on that basketball team. And you're right, uh, dangerous. And I can see why you have, them, you have them going to the Final Four, right? I had him in the Elite Eight losing to TCU in the uh, – the, I'm calling that the wheels off bracket. There's the West bracket for me. <laughs> I, I think it's already been proven that the wheels off bracket is the South, Jeff. It's already been proven that's there. That's true, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with, with a 13 and a 15 advancing in, in that one. But you may be right about that. And TCU plays tonight in their matchup against Arizona State, who won one of those first four games uh, to go there. All right, um, back to the Longhorns. And, and now getting ready for Penn State. Uh, Jeff, a Penn State team that impressed with their three-point shooting and also with the way I think they just really kind of controlled the paint inside where the Aggies, if they weren't knocking down a three-pointer, they weren't getting much else last night. Yeah, that's what's interesting about Penn State, Craig. You know, they don't, they don't, I don't think they overwhelm you with size, but they just do a really good job of just playing good team defense. Uh, I, I got to watch a little bit of them in the uh, in the Big Ten tournament, and, and that's one thing you notice. But as far as the shooting, I mean, look, I, there was a point last night where they were shooting 75% from three. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to shoot it that well tomorrow night, but Jalen Pickett's the guy to watch. I mean, this is a guy that's a – you know, I don't remember if he was a first-team AP All-American, but I know he's been on multiple All-American teams. He's, you look at an NBA mock draft, you'll find him somewhere close to the top. Uh, one of the more talented players Texas will see this year. It's really interesting, Craig, back-to-back years now. You'll have really talented guards from the Big Ten standing between you and a trip to the Sweet 16. Last year was Jaden Ivey at Purdue. This year is Jalen Pickett. But, uh, you know, I, I, what, I'm, what I'm wondering is, uh, and I'm interested once we get over to the arena today and hear any buzz, the, uh, the Micah Strewsbury's candidacy at Georgetown seems like it's starting to pick up steam a little bit just in terms of him being a name that, that they're going to target. So you wonder if that becomes a distraction. And if it is, to what extent is it a distraction for Penn State? Yeah, yeah, it's it, that, I think that's a real good point. And then, uh, you know, to, to, to carry your theme even further – I mean, you take it all back about uh, – you, you think uh, rolling it back, you mentioned uh, with what they did with J- had to deal with with Jaden Ivey last year with Purdue with outstanding guards. I'll take you back to 2014, Karis LeVert for, for yeah. Michigan. Yeah, so they – And uh, Nick, Nick, Stout, Nick Stauskas, yeah, that Michigan team was, was really good. <laughs> yeah, so that was – you know, the Longhorns have faced some of that in the second round. Speaking of Big Ten teams right now, Michigan – up on USC 24-15 as they go to the under-eight timeout there uh, in the first half. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, this is, this is going to be a different kind of challenge and quite the challenge that uh, the Longhorns are going to face. By the same token, uh, you know, will Penn State be able to properly match up inside with the Texas game inside? I think that's one of the things to keep track of tomorrow. Yeah, and I think maybe the most underrated thing we're not talking about from last night 
is, by the way, I didn't know until you said it earlier that Dylan DeSue has now gotten credit for for a double-double, so so good for him. For it happened that. late, late, uh, late last night. When I got back to the hotel, Scott McConnell told me, he said, by the way, they, they realized the stat crew uh, found it and said when they were going back through, they said, we missed a rebound. It was an offensive rebound of, off his own missed shot. And, uh, okay. and, and said he was do that because it was a quickly back up and in for him. And uh, and they had missed that. So, yeah, his second double-double of the season and uh, did that with uh, the 17 points and 10 boards. But, you know, he, there was a point, Craig. He picked up his third foul maybe within that first – for before the first media timeout in the second half. Mm-hmm. And Christian, you know, Christian Bishop only played 17 minutes last night. But he had that sequence in the second half when DeSue was on the bench with foul trouble that, you know, he drew a foul, uh, you know, got to the foul line, got a couple of tough buckets, had some really good, you know, a couple of really good defensive possessions, had a block shot that led to a bucket at the other end. I felt like Christian Bishop's energy, and, you know, talking to Timmy Allen, he said that's the what CB does that people don't see is he's going to give them an energy play. It's going to be, you know, and then Dylan DeSue said the same thing. He's going to give you a block shot, or he'll catch an alley-oop like he did from Tyrese Hunter and throw it down. He's going to give you those energy plays, and his motor can really carry them through some lulls and keep them going. So I just need to give Christian Bishop props because those 17 minutes CB gave you, but specifically that time when DeSue went to the bench in foul trouble and CB had to come in, especially knowing, going back to, to what RT said in the postgame, we heard the cut, you know, knowing that they were going to give up some stuff inside to protect the three-point line. I thought the the forwards for Texas last night really battled. I thought Dylan Mitchell, Craig, had a couple possessions where, you know, competed and just threw his body around and kind of did what he had to do, even though he was, uh, you know, records and some of those other guys. And Woodward had you know, the weight advantage on him and the size advantage on him. I just felt like he did a good job of just throwing his body around, just being tough. Uh, but, you know, again, Christian Bishop, those minutes he gave – Texas when the went to the bench were it was huge and then I I know I talked about them enough right now but I don't think in general the Royal we we are talking about them enough. Yeah, and 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 it's a good point uh, uh about Dylan Mitchell because I was watching when he was on the floor and the coaches were you know directing him in a couple of places to be in the right spot and he moved quickly and got in the right spot and I and I think that that was uh you know crucial for him to show that he could respond to the respond to the moment and step into it because we know he's still a work in progress. He's going to be a work in progress. He'll be a work in progress next year. But we know about how talented he is and uh, what his upside can and could be if he continues to develop. And, and I know the coaching staff believes him. They think he will develop into something special. There might not be a better example – of how good their culture is in that locker room than the way he and Arterial Morris have embraced their roles. And they're not big roles, but they've embraced their roles in the minutes they're on the floor. They don't mind doing the little things that are going to impact the game. I mean, Terrio had a really critical possession in the first half where he uh, you know, forces a tie ball. Uh, you know, to When Texas had a turnover, then he forces a tie ball and they get it back. Uh, he, he had a couple of really, you know, defensive plays that aren't going to show up on the stat sheet, but you watch it in the flow of the game and it stands out. I just, you know, when you've got guys, and we've seen this with some guys at Texas before, when you've got guys that are as highly touted as they were coming out of high school, 
you get to a point where the minutes aren't what you thought they would be, your role isn't what you thought it would be, and maybe you you put it in cruise control, you you know, whatever. It's just you're you're not completely with it. Those guys have been completely with it from day one, and you could say the same thing. I mean, I've heard the same stuff about Roland Brumbo, even though he's redshirting. He he asks questions to the point where he annoys some of the older guys because he just wants to know so much. These these young guys on this roster are like sponges, and I I just think it's really cool the way those two guys specifically though have have accepted their roles, they've embraced them, and and when they're on the floor, uh, especially Terry O'Craig with the growth he's made, you know. I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, hey, you know, when they were having – Marcus Carr was having his shooting woes and they were having those long spells that they were going without field goals. I'm saying, look, you might have to deal with the bad arterial Morris to get the upside of the good arterial Morris. Now he's on the floor. We're just seeing – knock on wood. We're just seeing less of the bad arterial Morris. Maybe he's he's kind of turning a corner and, and you know, that rate of development is, is starting to get accelerated. Yeah. Um, just a, a, an update for folks, and because it, it, in case there are some people, Jeff, who are wondering, hey, you know, maybe I'll just flip around and watch the different games and see what's going on, and then maybe if there's an upset brewing, watch that or whatever. Uh, I would suggest, if you're a Longhorn fan, uh, the game that's on True TV right now in my hometown of Greensboro is Xavier and Kennesaw State. Clearly – the bracketing would indicate if Xavier defeats Kennesaw State and then wins its second round game uh, against the winner of Iowa State and uh, and uh, Pitt, that would be the opponent for the Longhorns in Kansas City in the Sweet 16. And Xavier out to an 11-5 lead on Kennesaw State in that game. But you have Iowa State advancing through to the Sweet 16, don't you? I do, yeah. I mean, uh, the Gabe Kalsher factor, Craig, big he could he could have one of those games where he goes off for you know 25 30 points and has six or seven threes the hot perimeter shooter uh, there okay yeah uh, and and uh so we'll see how it goes with xavier and kennesaw state and again it's 13 five musketeers and they haven't even played four minutes into the game and and here's the other element out of that uh remember uh you know that one of the things that happens in the ncaa tournament head coaches in this day and age of the portal quite often wind up coaching against one or more of their former players. And uh, in the case of Xavier, of course, it's it's uh, Sule Bull, right? The guy who had played for Rodney Terry at UTEP. And uh, he could wind up going against him in the second, in the uh, third round in the Sweet 16, if uh, and uh, Sule Boom is a guy who leads Xavier in minutes played. He averages almost 40 minutes a game, 37 to be exact. And uh, he's a guy who played for Rodney at UTEP. And Rodney said, "Yeah, they tried to get him. You know, when he was on Chris Beard's staff to transfer to Texas, he wound up going to Xavier. So, and and of course, the Longhorns opened the season and the Moody Center against." UTEP, not counting the exhibition against Arkansas, but they played UTEP. But Rodney wasn't the head coach, or in this case, the interim head coach. He wasn't that. So you could see that uh, in the uh, Sweet 16 round, him being a head coach, coaching against one of his former players, which I don't think we've seen to this point, have we? Uh, no, no, we haven't. But here, here's here's another tidbit about the portal, Craig, and, and RT obviously can't get into specific guys, but he said this in the age of roster building, I mean, they've got a board and they're keeping track of who's in the portal. And, and obviously the task at hand is, is the NCAA tournament. So they're not, you know, 
being as active as maybe some others are in the portal right now, but they've, mm-hmm. they're keeping track of that list of guys. As we know, I mean, <laughs> roster building in college basketball is a year to year proposition. So they're, they're, they're keeping an eye on the portal. And as soon as they get an opportunity to do so, they'll, they'll get in there and start mixing it up a little bit because this, we know there's going to be a lot of roster turnover, regardless of portal entries or anything else. There's just a lot of guys on this roster that are, that don't have the opportunity to come back. It'll be like, yeah, you can, you can go play basketball, but it can't be in the division, the division one level anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, all right. Hey, I'll see you over at the arena later uh, this afternoon. Yeah. Here in a couple hours. Yep, sure. uh, Jeff Howell be over there as well. That's our Longhorn Notebook. We'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower here on the Horn, 1049-1019 AM1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. So we wrap up uh, the shows from up here in uh, Des Moines. Of course, the basketball game tomorrow night. Uh, Cam Parker's a very busy weekend. Uh, engineer for our Texas women's broadcast. But are, are, are you in a wedding or at a wedding tomorrow evening? I'll be at a wedding. Okay. All right. Great timing, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. March Madness with a wedding. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll uh, invite you to stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. We'll be back in the house on Monday, hopefully talking about Longhorns impending trip to Kansas City for the Sweet 16. For Jeff Howe, for our man behind the glass, our producer Cameron Parker, I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you Monday morning on Light the Tower. <laughs>